0: What is the like ideal compliment someone could give you after a show?
1: Immediately the thought is like I I I shit my I sat down I I shit myself over there. I was I was literally shit myself. <laughs> I know that's that might not be my real answer but that's the first thing that comes to mind.
0: Yeah, no. Like
1: distinctly I remember a moment uh making my sister uh like like milk came out of her nose. Yeah. I remember that. I remember <laughs> uh a moment I think my best friend like peed on herself or something I said something. I want to – that's one of my weird fucked up dreams is to just cause bo- – <laughs> like just do the – complete the cycle. You, you know? want to have like, the thing the
0: from cycle. like the Stravinsky like Rites of Spring debut where everyone like walks out of the theater and riots but for you it's like people just like – Domino vomiting on each other.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I want it to be a f- full body experience in the worst, worst possible way. I you to like, God, I never want to experience that ever again. How was it? It was the best thing that's ever happened.
0: How was it? Immediate throw up again. Even Immediate. just trying to describe it, <laughs> yeah.
1: show right. Yep. I think I'm a little bit serious.
0: Yeah. I think that's a totally uh, respectable goal. These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I am a comedian based in Chicago. About seven, no, almost eight years ago, I survived a coma. I came out. Very little was resolved. I still had questions. And here we are. My guest this week is Joanna Jamerson from the Neo Futurists, one of the greatest things about the city of Chicago, in my opinion. If you are a longtime listener, you know that I am slowly collecting ensemble members of the neo-futurists previous neo-futurist guests are jasmine henry jordan kurt chang and connor Shashida pickett so you can go back and and pick through those episodes if this one with joanna excites you also if it excites you definitely check out the neo-futurists every friday saturday and sunday in chicago their signature show the infinite wrench is fucking incredible man Uh, taking neo-futurist class after coming back from my first Edinburgh fringe in 2018 is a huge part of what put me on the path to doing the kind of work that includes this podcast. Speaking of the infinite wrench, there is a play. So the, the format of the infinite wrench is 30 plays in 60 minutes. There is a short play that Joanna wrote called, and, and I, and I, texted her for the title, but I don't remember it. It's Something Jazz Club. And it's a, it's her on the drums telling a story about videography, doing videography for a bar mitzvah and how it made her tear up. And then she ends by just scatting. And that ends up serving as a bit of a, a frame for this conversation, which was cool. So just know that I think those are the main important parts of the play that you need to know, to understand the conversation in a little more context. Also, there are things I, I think I'm I pride myself on these main feed episodes, sounding good, being cohesive as a piece, but as with every episode, The full conversation is on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr, you can get my full conversation with all the guests and the after show for certain episodes. And the full conversation with Joanna is very full. There's a lot of stuff we talk about creativity, about what we just pretty much every segment is longer in the Patreon version of the show. So check that out. If you, if you like it, if you, if you think this show is worth the cost of a fancy coffee or a cheap meal every month, please by all means go there. Also, um, Joanna wants to plug the the synagogue where she did the videography. So if you want to go to Mishkan in Chicago, that link is in the show notes as well. Also, uh, Noanna Namerson, her Instagram handle is there. So go follow her. And I also want to tell you that this is the 99th episode of the show. I haven't kept it a secret, so a reminder that... Next week, the 100th episode is with my mom, who was by my side during my coma, uh, instrumental in my recovery, and is a very devout Christian lady. And I'm excited for you to hear the conversation that we had. In the meantime, because after that, I, I should have said in the meantime, after this next sentence, but the... 101st episode, I want to be reflections on the previous 100 episodes. So in the meantime, until that 101st episode, I would love to hear from you. And the best way to do that, I mean, you can email me at this is Dave at gmail.com. That will uh, allow me to, uh, to read your email on the show, but also leave a voicemail on the, the show voicemail if you'd like. The number is 313-MIST-URA. That's 313-647-8872. I understand it's intimidating for some people. doesn't have to be super long. And ultimately, you don't have to do it if you don't want. But this is your chance to reflect on any aspect of the show. Uh, highlights, things you lived through during the past two years the show has been running. I would love to hear all of it. No matter what, I'm very grateful that you listen. I'm grateful if you're here for the first time. I'm an independent artist. My work spreads through words of word, word truly words of mouth. And so tell someone you know who might like the show about it if you like it. And now enjoy my conversation with Joanna Jamerson. I grab your whip and take it back to shot when I'm in I treat it like what do you hope happens when you die?
1: either um I just like immediately wake up in a new person, a new body as a little baby,
0: same consciousness,
1: ideally same consciousness, at least for a little bit, so I can you know, like get my bearings and be like, okay, I accept this, I guess i wanna I wanna be I wanna be one of those like weird kids where it's like um. Oh, this kid remembers their past life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This kid is a little bit fucked up, but like in a cool way. Yeah. You know?
0: He said that building's not the way it used to be, but yeah. it was changed before he was born. Yeah. And yeah. it's like,
1: how do you how do you remember this old black lady? You're yeah. you're a tiny white child.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joke's on you. You
1: know? Either that
0: You want to come back as a tiny white child.
1: Not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, just like as an option. That's that's a possibility. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I don't care. I don't care where how I come back if that is an option. Um, that's one okay. that I, I just hope that I just immediately start over. Yeah, I think otherwise I don't. I don't want to. Ex- I don't want to experience anything. I think.
0: Okay, just no, con- just
1: no consciousness. Just immediately. There's no. Uh, there's no before me, there's no after me, there's, there's just nothing.
0: Well, there's not even you.
1: There's not even me. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which is not something I can fathom, but.
0: Does that freak you out?
1: Um, it used to a little bit. Okay. Even the concept that there was a universe or like. Lots of stuff before me
0: mm-hmm.
1: used to freak me out, um, and the concept that there's that the world is going to continue after me used to freak me out because I I just didn't understand like I didn't understand how I would feel that like what would that feel like and I'm right. like it's not if it doesn't feel like anything then what am I afraid of I guess mm. um yeah because that there was. Before me, there was plenty of shit. <laughs> like, sure. Um,
0: so you just kind of logically worked it out, and that's what...
1: That's what it feels like right now. Okay. That I've logicked my way to uh, being okay with it.
0: Yeah. In the first scenario, where you immediately wake up, that immediately is interesting to me. Because are you taking any of that waking up time to like process the fact that you're in a new body or are you just automatically like cool with it and you're getting used to things you know what is the transition like
1: i would imagine like a lot of that like crying and not being able to communicate is the time that i would
0: okay take to do that is like grief
1: yeah grief and acceptance relearning what your bound your physical boundaries are, your new physical boundaries mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get right to it, you know? I I feel like the the mini reflection happens in the experience of dying and being like the acceptance of like, okay, that was this that was this life. And then the grief and the learning and the acceptance of a new life is like shitting all the time. Eating all the time. Which sounds incredible.
0: how so why
1: well i mean there's okay there are aspects of being a baby that i feel like if i were conscious as i am now like i me joanna as i am 30 in a like the mind of a baby there are aspects i'm definitely like i'm jealous of you know yeah like yeah makes sense like no um depending on the situation that you're in if you're in a situation where the people who are taking care of you are um. They know about your needs mm-hmm. and are sensitive to your needs, mm-hmm. your particular needs. Um. Yes. Uh, no expectations. Don't have a concept of time. Um. That's a, probably the biggest one. And
0: just being fed, are, being burped, being, being all fed, that stuff.
1: Yeah, like probably like getting to know new animals. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh taking walks. Don't take walks like I Right. Like a
0: baby would take right, walks. Right, right. There's a part have you read Frankenstein? <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. you remember the part where it's like fully in the, you know, the middle part of the story where all the like layers of narrators have been shut off and it's just the the monster talking. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about like the time when he like wakes up in the forest. And like comes to life and he's just like seeing like pure color and pure light. That's what I think of with that yeah, shit. for sure. To experience that with anything like an adult brain would be, well, it feels impossible. Yeah. It feels yeah. like part of being having an adult brain is deadening yourself to the brilliance of a sun, the sun through a leaf. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because you can, I mean, for one thing, you can see it. Lots of <laughs> Most adults, I feel like, can see it clearly at that at a point. Like, a baby, like, it's visually more
0: abstract. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the abstract wing of the museum. Yeah. Which would be rough if you're a baby who prefers, like, a different style of art. You're like, why does everything look <laughs> fucking blurry and fuzzy? The shit's whack.
1: Oh, my God. So then, I'm just trying to think of, like babies experience like the experiences of artists who grew up to like really like that kind of art.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Being a baby probably was like
0: the shit. choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Abstract artists. Yeah, were abstract artists happy babies.
1: I think they were. I think happy babies would be abstract. I don't remember how I was as a baby, but I know that part of why I'm very interested in um photography and storytelling Is because my imagination is, or I I feel, I feel drawn to the. This is life. I'm, I'm taking a picture of a of a thing. I can't, I can't represent it any better than it represents itself. Is a little bit my yeah thought about it. But I don't. You don't don't...
0: tend toward abstract stuff. You like like very literal. I mean that kind of makes sense. Like vomit and shit and poop <laughs> is very like which by it's, the way like I feel like I <laughs> I don't think anyone I think people understand that people contain multitudes. But yeah. if someone were listening with a particularly narrow ear, they'd be like, oh so uh is <laughs> a shit artist. Um, Joanna's is a primarily scat artist. I'm a
1: scat performer. <laughs> which um, is funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Skip scab up <laughs> <laughs> funeral planning (laughs) yes have you done any have you have you thought about it It doesn't have to be officially i'm not asking for like documentation
1: um I i used to i used to have a specific answer like i would love for it to be like a gallery sort of situation where it's like i don't know all my greatest hits like uh Like my, including my greatest, my most (laughs) liked Instagram post or something. Yeah, yeah. Or my favorite shirt or something like that. And it's like playing house music or whatever. But I feel like now, like I don't care, I think. I don't care what it looks like. I'm a little bit like that with how I'm buried or not buried as well
0: Mm -hmm. at this point.
1: Where I'm like, like it's for me, but it's not for me. Yeah. It won't be for me. For sure. And I, yeah, like, I don't, I I don't want anyone to be in a, like, oh, she would have wanted it this way. Um, (laughs) Like, I don't want anyone to spend any time arguing about trying to get my wishes, you know, correct in in that respect.
0: Is that because that's a real concern of yours, given the people you think you'd leave behind? Or you've experienced that? Or it's just a general desire to not have, like, conflict of that type?
1: Well, I the biggest thing sticking out in my mind is my uncle. I just remember at his funeral realizing like, oh, yeah, this is not not necessarily being like, oh, the there's conflict, but like being like oh, this is specifically like this is what a funeral is for. This is or what it feels like it's for for me. Um which is what? Which is like like saying goodbye together, I think. Yeah. 'Cause I think there there's a part there's a part of like saying goodbye on your own that is important and um I feel like can happen wherever, whenever. But like I think in the same way that like uh a wedding is for everyone coming together so they can just love on you in public and do like a little love blessing for you to go off and do whatever whatever you're gonna do. I feel like a funeral is just a little last little like communal peace offering,
0: Yeah, it feels like. And so having people be too persnickety about what your wishes are feels like it gets in the way of that. Yeah, yeah. Is there a way they could do it that would feel disrespectful to you? Like if they can truly do anything and you're not there – Is it just that you trust your loved ones enough? You're like, well, I know the realm of possibilities. Mm. People aren't going to like all, I'm sorry, I'm going to take a shit all the time, but people aren't all (laughs) going to like take a shit on my grave or something like that. You know what I mean?
1: Like the only issue I'm thinking about is like where they would want me to be, I guess. Yeah. Because if there's a a thing about like you um, in the afterlife will be around that place, I'd want it to be a place- where i'm if it's going to be a cemetery like i guess i pr- prefer to be like near nearer my partner than my family i guess
0: okay it's my thing okay okay
1: but at the same time like
0: i mean this is a whole yeah. other afterlife you're proposing right. that yeah, weren't exactly. part of your thing yeah like i wasn't is that, about a, that a, is that <laughs> a thing that you is that does that exist in your mind where you're like well maybe i'll just end up existing consciously in the geographical space on earth is that a thing
1: Potentially, I mean, if if I turn if I became a ghost, I feel like that could that could that could be chill. It could end up being chill, depending on what the rules are. Yeah, um, I think that's a possibility. The only experience that I feel like I have had where I could even like in the realm of possibility call it a ghost is like my my grandma died when I was like t- ten or twelve. And, um, she died in her bedroom, in our, in our house. And, like, several months later, I was in that bedroom, and I was sleeping, and, like, I woke up, and I saw, like, a blue, bluish, like, orb, like, at the foot of my bed, kind of, like, sit there, and then, like, dissolve. And I, like, I felt like i knew that that was my grandma like something in me said like that's who that was yeah and so i feel like there there's a little bit of a duality in me where i'm like part of me wants to be like yeah um there's ghosties uh there's ghosts here in this apartment um that are letting the rats in and (laughs) there's ghosts at the theater um which people claim to have seen at auditions
0: whoa um
1: that's a whole other thing like that's the thing i feel like i want to believe in okay but i feel more if i knew tomorrow that the, the the boundary of the realm of possibility was like a blue orb i feel like i would also be okay with that like where that's as much as we get you
0: know Okay. So it blue orb is different like than full on ghost is what you're saying.
1: I feel like, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is, is there a, is there a tension in you between the sci fi e part and the supernatural part? And just, is there some part of you that's like, feels like being sensible? That's like, oh, stop thinking about that. Don't, that's probably not true. You gotta <laughs> think yourself out of that into, you, there was nothing of you before you were born, and there'll be yeah. nothing of you after. Is it that kind of tension?
1: I mean, there's definitely some, like, realist, like, tension of being, of trying to be realistic in in, in hopes of having some sense of, like, control or having some sense of, like, knowledge or understanding of what will happen
0: so it feels like it gives you more control to say there will be nothing yeah mm, interesting Yeah. that's so sad though <laughs> to be like to be like the thing that gives me most control is the thing that eliminates possibility
1: that's true But it doesn't, like, the idea of that I feel comforted by it. By nothing. Yeah. Okay. I feel comforted uh, I I would feel more comforted by that than having some concrete idea of some longer something. Of something more intricate and, and detailed after. Like, that scares me a little bit. Even if it's Good. I can, I feel like I can fathom nothing more, like, or better than I can fathom the expanse. Really?
0: That's crazy to me because yeah. it's like the opposite for me. <laughs> it, you I can fathom, because to me, it feels like nothing by definition, you can't fathom it. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm, we, and I guess probably by definition, we can't actually fathom any of the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. But, yeah. To, to be comforted by that is it because sometimes people talk about like being exhausted. They're like, Oh, I'll be tired. And I just want to rest. And and that's a thing why they want like nothingness, but it doesn't sound like that's exactly what you're talking about. So I'm wondering what is like scarier about the possibility of something to you.
1: I guess I'm thinking about like, like realism comes into it a little bit. Like if I were if I were to think specifically about like heaven, it doesn't I I don't feel like I have anything to latch onto. And I think that part of it might be uh just not being religious, but when I think about the expanse, I think more about space. Mm. And I think more about like all of the little little parts of me, and like how that can dissipate, or like how that will dissipate when I'm gone or whatever, like yeah. when I think about it like that 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 feels incomprehensible sure when i I guess i can't I can't imagine what a heaven would be like. My Like, my immediate thought is, like, oh, I'm just hanging out. I'm just playing video games. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, <laughs> And
1: I'm, like, I'm...
0: Which is, like, a I'd, small yeah, heaven in some ways. Right,
1: yeah. And I'm, like, I do that all the time. Like,
0: right. So you're just, like, what? I'm just going to keep doing that?
1: If it's that, if that's what heaven is, then I'm fine with
0: that. You're fine with it. You're not, like, what's the point? No. Everything needs to have an end. No. Okay. Did you grow up religious?
1: not really like my so my dad actually was a preacher (laughs) okay um but he was uh like he retired from preaching uh, i think before i was born i can't i yeah no yeah he was a teacher uh he had become an english teacher after that okay and um my mom was a teacher too so both of them being teachers and then my grandma was with us and was, uh, uh, in a wheelchair and needed like a caretaker. So I feel like a, a lot of that we'd like, we just didn't have time or like th- my parents didn't have time to make it a priority. Yeah. I remember a conversation later, like years later, uh, with my dad where, um, I'm talking about him like he's dead, he's still alive. Um, <laughs> I'm having a conversation years later where, um, I think there was like a dateline episode about like people who died and come back to life and they were talking about what they had seen and my dad i i think i just asked everyone like what they thought about that and i think my dad was like well part of the reason i don't go to church anymore or like i don't feel the need to is like it's my relationship like i know what my relationship is with god mm. and i know he didn't he didn't feel the need for his relationship with god to be like uh, a church relationship I guess yeah, like you yeah, feel like yeah. I know I've like I've read the bible I know what i like I, I don't need or I don't want to and I think that even if I didn't even if I like heard that at, like years later I feel like that kind of that mentality kind of seeped in to the way that we did things growing up yeah like I kind of was just allowed and left to kind of like ponder on my own yeah and I didn't end up coming to any specific conclusion other than church like there's aspects of it seems cool there's pretty iconography in there and stuff like that mm-hmm. i don't want to go yeah um <laughs> i don't feel the need to read the bible and the questions feel like they are more interesting to me than ha- like having an answer feeling the need to have an answer i, think.
0: I just realized this connects to the jazz club play again
1: yes Probably.
0: so what made you cry
1: <laughs> oh yeah when
0: you were videotaping the bar mitzvah oh my god it was a bar mitzvah right yeah okay so
1: so at the place i go um shout out rabbi lizzie <laughs> <Shout> out <laughs> anna gelman for giving me that getting me that gig um the only other religious um experience i had other than that in the past years, other than like going to church when I was a kid, um, my uncle's side of the family is like Catholic, so we'd go for like baptisms and stuff like that. And I, I always appreciated the conversation and, and the things that they were talking about until they got to a certain point where they're like, "And everybody knows witches, right?
0: Witches are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Fuck yeah. those guys." Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> and I, I guess the ex- I can't remember ex- specifically what it was in that in that bar mitzvah that I was like and just started crying but I know I guess I felt jealous I felt jealous of the idea that uh here's this person who's ex- exploring a topic that they care about is using this religious text to uh reference or like you know this is the thing that I was taught that that I care about um and it, I don't know, it felt different. It felt like the thing that the, that the person, the, this kid was like, I did my thing about social justice. Or like, I think I did my thing about how in, in the Torah, it says like, if you saw a hungry person, you feed them. If it, you saw, um, unclothed person, you clothe them. And she gave like real, real world examples that she would do like as a teenager, yeah. as a 13 year old. And I guess I felt like I believed it. And I guess I don't feel like, I guess I hadn't had that experience personally.
0: So is it a sense of like purpose that you're jealous of?
1: I guess. (laughs) Like a sense of purpose that's tied to religion. That it doesn't feel like my sense of purpose is just this. My sense of purpose is is just to serve. Uh Or my sense of purpose is to dampen parts of myself. Yeah, yeah. And I know that they're like, it's not every person's religious experience, but I guess I hadn't experienced something where it's like, wow, this person has this whole community of people who fully believe that this young adult knows what they're talking about, that this young adult has autonomy and that this young adult has decided something for themselves. And we're going to support them on this journey into adulthood. And I guess I felt like I believe it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I d- I, I, and it's
0: not prescribed. It's like enriched by the tradition, not yeah. inhibited by the tradition. Yeah. Tell me if I'm misinterpreting you. No, but
1: that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Like, it feels so easy with religion. It feels so easy to get that prescribing, get that prescription, and then prescribe everyone else around yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And- If it's, if it's a thing where like, I wanna, I wanna live these things that I believe in, I don't know. They explain it to me in a way that I'd never thought about it before. Like, this is, uh, I'm thinking about Steve Harvey now. Oh my God. Yeah. Steve Harvey, and when he said, he said, like, I don't understand religious people, or non-religious people, I don't, I don't understand where they get their moral compass from. Okay. So, (laughs) that was, I think that was probably the first time at this bar mitzvah where I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about, I guess. That's what all of these religious people are talking about when they're talking about I am using this text in order to walk this path in life, or I'm using this text to actually do things rather than like I'm using this text to preach this text to other people. Like Mm. I'm using this text to become a better person and actually become a better person. Without making everyone in my circle the same religion as me.
0: Yeah, so that's where that was the believable moral compass you saw.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you think that's the same way that Steve Harvey experiences <laughs>
1: that? He probably uses a lot fewer words. I feel like Steve Harvey seems like a person who's like, if you're talk, if it, I'm having this bad time, right? I'm having a bad time. I need some guidance. I feel like he'd ask me and like, do you go to church? And then I'd say, mm. no. And he'd be like, well, you should go to church. You don't have yeah. a relationship with God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I guess I'm, I'm more interested in,
0: which um, is like, that's, you're like giving me a step in between. I'm asking for help now, right. not like this other non guaranteed route yeah. that you say works.
1: Yeah. And it's like, it's totally possible that at the end of my life, I will be such a devout Christian. I don't know I'm not I'm not like I'm not taking that off the table uh, for some from experience or series of experiences to change me yeah yeah but where I am now I guess I feel like I've gained I I feel like I've learned yeah I've, I've, I've formed my own moral compass and I'm like continuing to form it
0: So, the question is, what's your coma? Purely metaphorically, what is a moment for you of transformation where before you were one version of yourself and after you're another?
1: I was thinking about this today. This particular question.
0: Wait, wh- why? Oh, I. Oh, you know the <laughs> podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, that. Why
1: would you? is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it wasn't a coma. <laughs> It's funny you ask. Um the thing that's coming to mind is Fifth Harmony Concert, right?
0: Whoa. <laughs> okay. That's okay. I'll tell you my Fifth Harmony story oh, okay. after. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. It's
1: Fifth Harmony Concert 2017. Uh 2016. 2016. Um, and like in August. Um I remember weirdly, weirdly getting just obsessed with fifth harmony yeah at the beginning of that year um just consuming everything i possibly could and getting tickets to the concert really like i don't know probably in in winter time or whatever as soon as i heard about it and i'm also like this is me completely unmedicated completely no marijuana in my system whatsoever i'm not Going to therapy or anything.
0: What's, what are you medicated for? Like, do you have a diagnosis you're willing to share? Yes. Okay. Um,
1: so, official diagnosis is post-traumatic stress disorder. Primarily, the medication is for, like, just daily anxiety regulation. Okay. okay. Um, so, I'm there, and I, I get to this concert. It's on a lakefront. I'm alone. <laughs> I, I had a friend who was, like, going to go to the concert to meet with me, and she was like, uh i'm good i don't i don't want to go what like the day up just I,
0: I don't want to
1: i she i think she was having anxiety
0: too so okay. it's like okay can't blame you yeah our anxiety pulled us in different yeah. directions <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly
1: and so i went to the concert it's i'm like 25 and everyone around me is like 14 and a half <laughs> or end a, up a, a parent and the show's incredible The show's so good. Yeah. They play all the hits. It's so good. And like, there is a part halfway through. I was like, Oh, I don't feel anything. Like I feel like physically. I feel, I feel, Yeah. but I, I remember distinctly being like, something is wrong in the way that like, I've been thinking about this concert. Obsessing about Fifth Army for months and months and months and months. And I get to the concert, and it is objectively good. Yeah. And I'm, like, unable to feel that, like, excitement or emotion or, like, I'm not angry. I'm not sad. I'm just, like, there was just, like, nothing. Okay. And I was like, oh, that this probably... I should probably talk to somebody about this. Uh This feels not normal
0: in a way that it didn't just feel like your expectations were different than the reality.
1: No, my expect-
0: because the reality was you were like this is exactly what I was looking forward yeah, to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, I was having like if it were if it were today going to that same concert alone, I'd have a blast. Yeah, it's on the lakefront. Sounds great, but I'm also on medication. Um, and so after that, I was like, oh, this prop, I'm, it's probably worse than I thought, you know? And like, later, like, I think, I I don't think it was that point where I was like, I'm, let me, let me set up a, a cute little appointment with a therapist somewhere. Yeah. I think something similar to that happened another time where I was like doing a stand up show and it was so good. It was incredible. I was like completely, every joke landed yeah and 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 on stage i felt incredible and then like after that i was like i got off stage and i'm hanging out with friends and i'm like oh cool right back down immediately Mm -hmm, back mm -hmm, down mm -hmm. and i'm like okay cool so this is what my where i am and even if this this it's not even just this concert now it's like this Thing that I actually want to do and I actually get enjoyment from, but I can't like I can't make that feeling last any more than for however long I'm on stage, right? And I think after that is probably when I mail appointment, mail appointment for a therapist, <laughs> which wasn't even like right then. Like I had to wait, yeah. another several months, yep, yep, yep. which is <laughs> even even more
0: yeah you know yeah so yeah I think that's yeah so wait so what what's the so that's the moment but what changes
1: I I guess I think before then I wasn't acknowledging how I was feeling or how acknowledging the how low I was feeling because I think at that like the traumatic event that I have this diagnosis for, I hadn't re – I hadn't thought about. It. Like, I hadn't mm. – there were moments – like, it happened to my child, and there were moments in my life where, like, oh, should I think about this right now? No.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I completely yeah.
1: go on with my life. And I think I just had to – at that point, it was just, like, at the surface – and so I think before then I was like I can't be depressed. I like I'm not I'm I'm a regular regular person anxious, you know, like mm-hmm. because there were people around me who were um I guess exhibiting like more like common like classic symptoms of depression and stuff like where it seemed like okay, that's real depression or that's real issues um mm,
0: right right right
1: so like what is it what is it what is it with me this right can't be
0: which is nothing. such a common thing it makes you think who are the people with these real issues yeah that we all seem <laughs> to be like yeah thinking exist
1: turns out it's you
0: you're like a syrian refugee like yeah but there's there's another <laughs> balkan state that is this or that you know? you
1: know we're not the only ones going through war think, right right now right you know
0: so it was just so it was acknowledging that and then therapy gets you on the path towards i mean it's it sounds like you are now capable of experiencing
1: <laughs> emotions yeah yeah
0: the things not yeah. just joy but joy too
1: yeah like uh as, like that that fall before i actually started the therapy like when i like had the appointment but nothing was changing. I was like uh yeah there were there were moments where it was like just depression. There were moments where it was like that nothing again mm-hmm. and then there were moments where it was just like only anxiety right, and then there was like nothing in between um and I think it took like it was like a couple months of therapy, and then I was on. Sertraline, I think. I think the first thing I started was the Zola. Okay. And it's like, I remember it was like some day in February, I like walked outside and I was like, okay, I'm not feeling nothing. Uh Uh-huh. I felt like taking a picture which is different, (laughs) like, uh, and I just remember, like, after, like, that week in therapy, it was, like, I, I was happy, and then I got a phone call saying I didn't get a job, and then I was mad. Okay. So, over the last six months, those are two emotions that I just, like, had forgotten about.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you only realized the sort of stasis you were in before by having peak moments that didn't feel like peaks. Yeah. Yeah. Was it just that the rest of life was like pretty bland up to that point? Like you didn't even have the opportunity to go to metaphorical Fifth Harmony concerts or do shows in that way?
1: Yeah. It was. yeah, I can't like I can't really think of that several like that the few months before I I like I don't remember them. Like months after college
0: mm-hmm.
1: until like I started working at Target and then like th- like then I, <laughs> mental health, mental health got worse obviously after working at Target. And then <laughs> uh yeah, I don't remember a lot of that. I think it was just like a lot of a lot of trudging.
0: Um, yeah, and so in a way, the Fifth Harmony concert helped.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent.
0: But not in a way where you got to have the experience. Do you do you <laughs> look back? At, do you do you do you feel like you enjoyed it more than you did at the time? Ever?
1: I mean, thinking about it now, yeah, yeah, like. Uh, like I remember, there's like, not even just the concert, but there were like a couple kids next next to me, who were like, <laughs> I think they could tell I was like bringing the vibe down. <laughs> <laughs> they were like looking over at me, pretty consistently, being like, and then at one point asked me if I was there alone. I was like, yeah. And then
0: <laughs> they were just giving you the side eye. They
1: were giving me the side eye. Oh, so
0: they they saw you were bringing the vibe down and were not like, we'll reach out a hand to this person. They yeah. were like. Fuck this! Per- get out of our space.
1: Yeah, and to be like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do the same. I wouldn't do the same. Sure, as sure, them, sure. But I also would be like, the fuck are you bringing this vibe? You with understand the impulse? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I want you to choose one memory to relive, because. In my last one-man show, there's a sort of premise that everyone gets to pick exactly one memory to fully drop down into and re-experience whenever they want. But you have to pick just one. So if that's the case for you. I'm assuming it's not going to be this this Fifth Harmony concert probably because not. the actual <laughs> experience wasn't great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to say, like, probably the first... uh show or like performance that i had after i think it was after i started being medicated where i'm like had some sort of like handle on my emotions or like feeling them at least Mm -hmm. um a show that went well i think it was like my i think it was my first student show at the news and there was one play i did that i was like happy about it it went well. I was really, really nervous about it. That it, like, right before I was like, I don't know if I have it memorized. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then I did that. I did the performance, whatever. They clapped at the end of my place specifically.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So, and I, that, that sort of like, Immediate drop didn't happen.
0: Immediate emotional drop. Yeah, that immediate emotional
1: drop didn't happen. So, I, it felt like that was possible again. Like I felt like having an experience like that. Why, I I guess it was it was a reminder that or 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 told me that my baseline wasn't like completely on the ground.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Where I'm like, oh, this is something I actually want to do, and I don't feel like shit completely after it. Maybe I'm getting some sort of balance. Right.
0: You know. What was the play?
1: <laughs> it was my ranked list of fears. <laughs> okay. Um where it's basically like a I have someone do someone is like on a um overhead projector doing all these slides that I like drew I drew out before uh like printed some of them out and like drew on them and um Yeah, it's literally me just going through some of my stupid fears Uh at the time and some of my, like, oh, I'm afraid that I might have this diagnosis or I'm afraid of, like, because of insurance or, like, real-life fears. So, like, one of them is, like, dolphins, Mm -hmm. which is less, I would say is less of a fear now and more of, like, I don't like dolphins. It's the worst,
0: dude. You, like, put something that's true in the material and then it, like, and then and then it just starts to not be as true yeah. over just repeating it yeah. i had a i had a i felt like it was like a signature bit about dark chocolate <laughs> and like how it just wasn't it was just terrible yeah but now i'm like dark chocolate's fine yeah. you know it's like you know? and 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 <laughs> uh, anyway this is i know this is about you no. but i i know <laughs> the feeling of like i'm so afraid of dolphins to like yeah well, that's kind of a character that I'm playing. Yeah. I'm the I'm the Joanna who's afraid of dolphins in that play, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hate learning about myself. I know.
0: <laughs> I know. Or or the worst is like you have a really strong opinion and then especially when it's about another person and it's a negative opinion and then you're given the fucking curse of empathy to like yeah. understanding where they come from and you're like Okay, you know. (laughs) So anyway, your fears play.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. I'm thinking about, the the only other thing I can remember from that, that was like a weird fear was like, chunky birds, and like, like round, (laughs) like squirrels and stuff. (laughs) For an irrational fear that like, what if something falls on them? I'm afraid of, I'm a. there's a.
0: Like a poof. Plop,
1: like a plop? Like okay. a poof. Okay. I'm afraid of that. Why was. <laughs> something I've only ever seen depicted in a cartoon. I'm like, <laughs> this is really fucking scary. It was like number four, I think. <laughs> it was ranked like scariest to least.
0: Which is so good because if that were just like a funny thing you thought of, that would be. Whack, but because yes. you're genuinely afraid of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not
1: afraid anymore. I think
0: that's good. Well, it yeah, it worked. You worked through it, I yeah. guess. But so
1: <laughs> I did say it a bunch though.
0: So the thing you would relive about that moment is—is is it specifically the end of discovering the new raised baseline of like, oh, I can still maintain some positive feeling about this experience afterward or is it all of it is it the nerves the excitement i mean i assume the clapping <laughs> the clapping definitely helped yeah it, helped. it was loud yeah isn't it fucked up it's so good. in this egalitarian <laughs> I've, I've had the i've i saw those the, the the amazing like i mean there's no better um manifesto i think i've ever seen than the neo one when it talks about like how it's like a, how it's like athletic and like and uh and the populism of it that is like yeah. so fucking hard to do with like things that are also serious, you know? Yeah. So just mad like respect and love and admiration for that, but even in the midst of this art form that is about that sort of egalitarian thing you're like, but my play got the claps yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah you know yeah and it's like oh it's an ensemble
0: mm-hmm. i'm
1: i'm not it's a balance so that not you know everyone gets their shine at the same time right no one else cla- no one else playing got clap they clap for anyone at that night so i'm just saying right I would want to. I believe
0: in. I, I'm an anarchist. I believe in liberation. Listen, I value this and this, but um, I am better than everyone else as a result of this.
1: It's just as long as people <laughs> acknowledge it. You
0: know what I mean? Like, like I, I want to be telling you that I believe we're equal, in response to you saying I'm better. Yes. I want you to. I, I want to be saying no, 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 no. But I do need you to first tell me that I'm better. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And. Claps are an easy way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I think just experiencing that, it was cool because I wasn't part of the gang. Um, and like seeing other Neos in the audience where I was like, oh, they liked it too. They do this all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, and it being a true thing, like sharing a. If it were um like sharing a complete fiction or sharing like something I just made up uh I would still accept the claps yeah but it, it felt it felt good for it to be like cool there's a little bit of little bit of uh st- stress from my life that I'm putting into other people's hands
0: well it feels like the The ideal that you mentioned uh, a few days ago when we started recording, um, (laughs) (laughs) but of like of having a thing that is true and and communicating something while also being silly enough to say dolphins and fat birds. Yeah. So you did it. Yeah. But you like way too early. Yeah. (laughs) that is the show thank you for listening thank you to joanna for being a fucking delight go see the neo-futurists if you enjoyed the show if you want to hear more go to patreon.com slash dave mar there is at least another hour of conversation for you to hear until next week and episode 100 remember oh Wow, I almost forgot. Thanks to the Patreon pigeon-level patrons. Kurt Chang, the Neo-Futurist, Katie Llewellyn, Susie Carroll, Fred Fidoa, John Lee, Shuba Singh, and Debo. We got it in there. And until next week, remember, you are a mist. Only human. And human beings,
1: they do miracles.